0: This is episode 382 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are 7 Hidden Dangers That Could Ruin Your Survival Plans and 10 Reasons Why You Need to Have Petroleum Jelly in Your Stockpile. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com, This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, let's go ahead and jump into our articles. Our first one comes to us from UrbanSurvivalSite.com. And the article is entitled Seven Hidden Dangers that Could Ruin Your Survival Plans. So this is just one of those articles with information that is just good to remind ourselves with. So let's go ahead and jump in. In most scenarios, the unseen risks, the ones you don't expect and don't prepare for, are the most dangerous risks. There is a lot that can go wrong with a survival plan. Major disasters are chaotic and full of hidden dangers, and it's difficult to foresee and prepare for all of them. However, the more hidden dangers you uncover and prepare for, the less likely it is that your plan will be derailed. With that in mind, here are seven hidden dangers that could ruin your disaster plans. Prepare for them ahead of time to make sure they don't. Number one is spoiled food. When you can regularly replenish your supplies with fresh food from the supermarket, eating spoiled food is a minor concern. But in a disaster scenario, where you are living on your stockpile of food, you need to be much more careful about what you eat. The trouble is that when hunger sets in, risking it with a can of food that looks or smells suspicious becomes a lot more tempting. However, eating spoiled food could end your life far more quickly than starvation, and in a manner that is every bit as unpleasant. While consuming some spoiled food may just leave you sick to your stomach, other types of spoiled food can be lethal. If you plan to rely on stockpiled food as a part of your survival plan, it's important to learn the signs of spoilage and avoid food that looks suspicious at all costs. Guys, I really like this first part. Um, the, it would be a minor concern. Spoiling food would be a minor concern if you are rotating your food in and out, right? First in, first out. And uh, you know, if you are uh, you're trying to stockpile a bunch of food and put it in a closet somewhere and you never touch it again. Yeah, you run that risk a lot more, uh, you know, easily if uh, if you if you don't uh, rotate it out, right? And so uh, that's the key to that one. Number two is unwelcome visitors. Disaster scenarios come with a number of moral dilemmas. For example, whether or not to help people who aren't as prepared as you are. It's as easy to say you would turn them away without a second thought. But it's not as simple when you are looking into the eyes of another human being knowing that refusing to help them is sentencing them to death. Likewise, it's just as easy to say that you would help anyone and everyone, but it's an entirely different matter when your supplies are dwindling and you and your family's lives hang in the balance. Whether it's comfortable to admit it or not, people who come to your doorstep looking for help are a hidden danger, and how you deal with them could determine whether you live or die. Keep in mind that desperate situations create desperate people, and even the most peaceful people can turn to thievery and violence when their lives are at stake. That's why home security after the SHTF is so important. Unfortunately, there is no right or wrong, black and white answer for how to deal with people who come asking for your help. In the end, all you can do is recognize the danger that they present and decide for yourself how you would want to deal with them. Ideally, you would make sure no one finds out you're a prepper in the first place. That way, they won't come to your house when the SHTF. But if they do find out, here's what you can do. So there's a link to another article. Uh, Actually, there's a lot of uh, links here in this article that you can bounce off of to uh, other articles. So that might be something to consider. Um, Guys, this thing right here, you know, one of the ways that you can minimize this one is just to have a plan. A plan of what you would do, realizing that, you know, I, I have so much maybe uh, stocked away for charity or you know what would i do if family members you know it's one thing to have a human being come to your door that's really not related to you another for if a, a family member you know a cousin an uncle your you know a brother sister whatever comes to your door that's a whole different scenario all right number 3 is minor diseases and injuries We're fortunate enough to live in a world where modern medicine has turned injuries and illnesses that used to be life-threatening into things that are little more than an inconvenience. But what happens in a scenario where modern medicine is no longer accessible? In such a scenario, even minor injuries and illnesses can become a major threat. For example, without access to antibiotics, a simple cold or flu could transition into pneumonia and take your life. Or a minor cut could become infected and take your life or a sprained ankle could mean that you are unable to fend for yourself, costing you your life. Unfortunately, the possibilities are endless. To avoid being taken down by a minor injury or illness, it's first important to exercise caution. Do your best to keep your immune system strong and stay away from people who might be contagious. Consider stockpiling pandemic supplies just in case. Likewise, avoid unnecessary risks that could lead to injuries as best you can. In addition to avoiding injury and illness as much as possible, it's also important to stock up on as many first aid supplies as possible so you can treat injuries and illnesses that do come up. You may fall well short of duplicating the full effectiveness of modern medicine using just your expertise and supplies, but it's still better than nothing at all. And those of you who have been listening to me for a while know that I always recommend having Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's uh, survival medicine handbook, right? Uh, Dr. Joe and Amy Alton's uh, survival medical handbook. Uh, You definitely need to have that one. Number four is natural disasters. Recovering from a disaster such as a house fire, flood, or tornado is difficult enough under normal circumstances. But when you've already been struck by one disaster, being struck by another one can be fatal. Natural disasters can destroy your supplies, your shelter, and everything you rely on to survive in a matter of minutes. Without the luxury of a weather service, it can be difficult to see them coming, which makes them the very definition of a hidden danger. In order to deal with natural disasters when you're already in survival mode, it's a good idea to keep your supplies in a location that is as disaster-proof as possible, such as underground in a watertight structure. You could also hide some survival caches in various places around your property or town. It won't be possible to protect your home and shelter in the same manner, so have a backup plan as to where you can go if your home is destroyed. Here are some features to look for in a bug-out location. It's also important to know the types of natural disasters that are common in your area so you can better prepare for them. While house fires can happen anywhere, disasters such as tornadoes, hurricanes, and earthquakes are specific to certain parts of the country. Figure out the natural disasters that are common to your area and put together a plan for dealing with them. Number 5. Mental Health Of all the things that people need to prepare for, emotional strain is overlooked the most. Most survivalists will do everything possible to ensure their physical health without giving a second thought to their mental health. However, in order to survive the most perilous situations, your mind needs to be in peak condition. The problem is that everything about a major disaster is incredibly taxing on your mental health. The stress of trying to keep yourself and your family alive can become overwhelming in no time at all and all of the comforts that you're used to won't be there to soothe and relax you. It's important to stay calm. Other times, it isn't the stress that gets you, but rather the boredom. In most cases, a post-disaster world is going to be one that entails week after week of mind-numbing boredom followed by brief periods of way more excitement than you bargained for. It isn't just the exciting periods that are dangerous though, as the periods of boredom can deteriorate your mental health and lead to cabin fever. When putting aside supplies, it's important to keep these things in mind. In addition to the things necessary to keep your body healthy, such as food and shelter, you also need to set aside things such as books, music, and other entertainment items to keep your mind occupied and healthy as well. Number six is lack of sleep. Lack of sleep for an extended period of time can be very detrimental to your health. Of course, getting a good night's sleep when SHTF is easier said than done. Of all the comforts you may be used to, the ability to fall asleep easily is likely to be the first to go. But if you're not getting enough sleep, you won't be physically or mentally prepared to deal with the dangers that come your way. Unfortunately, there is no easy cure for the stress-induced insomnia that goes along with disaster survival. However, having a secure place where you can sleep without fear is a great place to start. If that's not possible, then everyone should take turns standing watch throughout the night. That way, others can rest easy knowing they will be alerted of any danger. You may also want to set aside a supply of over-the-counter sleep aids to make falling asleep easier. I recommend mild sleep aids such as melatonin or diphenhydramine as anything stronger could make it difficult to wake up in the event of danger. And number seven is wildlife. Dangerous wildlife was a major concern back when we were first invading their territory. Today, dangerous animals rarely encroach on our world of concrete and glass, choosing instead to stick to their own domain. However, if you leave the city and take off through the wilderness, then all that changes. Suddenly, you have to deal with everything from ticks and mosquitoes that can carry life-threatening illnesses to spiders and snakes that can end your life with a single venomous bite, to large predators that may view you as a threat, a meal, or both. If your bug-out plan involves going through the wilderness to escape the chaos of the city, it's essential that you have a solid understanding of the wildlife in the area. Identify any dangerous wildlife you may encounter and prepare ways to deal with them. For example, you'll likely want to have insect repellent no matter where you live, If you're in bear country, it's a good idea to have bear spray and or a large caliber firearm with you. And if there are venomous snakes in your area, then it's a good idea to buy a snake bite kit. There are certainly many other hidden dangers that didn't make the list. All you can do is spend time learning from others and trying to imagine every possible scenario. That way you can prepare accordingly. The more you plan ahead, the less likely you are to be caught off guard when the SHTF You know, there was a comment in the comment section that I thought was good. Um, I'm not going to read all of it, but it basically says, um, well, it's the first paragraph, and then you can go to the article if you want to read the rest of it. There is another danger, rather rare these days, but still real. The danger that we won't recognize, understand, perceive that something presents a major danger. And so, uh, you know, you can go read the rest of that there. basically talking about a, a volcano in 79 A.D., but you know i guess for preppers we always talk about being aware and uh you know i talk about that a lot looking at current events and things like that i don't believe a lot of preppers if you're truly paying attention and and aware of what's going on in the world you're not going to be caught off guard but there's going to be a lot of people that could be caught off guard if they are not paying attention so uh anyway this article is over at urbansurvivalsite.com, and like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And um, there are a lot of links that you might want to bounce off of if any of these disasters that I talked about or that I read about um, are, you know, something that you want to look into. There's more links that you can check out. All right, our next article comes to us from askaPepper.com, and I love articles like this because you know it takes. One item and it allows you to realize that it has so many more uses. And that's one of the things when we're talking about, you know, preparedness is like, do things have more than one use? You, you rarely want to stick with just something that is just has a single use, especially when you're talking about like a bug out bag and, and things like that. But you want things that have multiple uses and some of these things are like, things that people use back in the old days. Right. And, uh, so I have this question for you because this article is entitled 10 reasons why you need to have petroleum jelly in your stockpile. And so I want you to think right now in your medicine cabinet or wherever you might keep it, do you have any petroleum jelly on hand? Right. Is there any petroleum jelly that you have on hand at all in your house? And if not, why not? Because it is like super cheap. Like you could go to Walmart, Wally World, whatever, and you can buy a big tub of it. Now, you know, Vaseline uh, is is usually the the big name brand, but you can buy a tub of petroleum jelly uh, that that is maybe a store brand for very, very cheap. And so after you hear about this article or these uh, different reasons or ways that you can use petroleum jelly you might say you know what next time i go to the store i'm going to pick up one of those tubs it's just worth it to have it right and so uh, i love the comment sections because we have a lot of uh, seasoned citizens uh, giving some uh, advice that they used even back in world war ii and back when there were kids and things like that so anyway let's go ahead and read this one again from askaprepper.com 10 reasons why you need to have petroleum jelly in your stockpile Petroleum jelly or Vaseline is one of the best items to put into your bug out bag, bunker, or whatever you use to stockpile. When prepping, it is important to minimize space and get the best value from your investment to pick items that have multiple uses. Petroleum jelly has lots of uses. It is also inexpensive, easy to find, easy easy to store, and fairly light. As you will see, petroleum jelly is something every prepper should have. So, here are the reasons. Number one is fire making. I am sure when you pick up a container of Vaseline, you don't think fire, but that is one of its most important uses in a survival situation. Many preppers and survivalists use petroleum jelly and cotton balls to make a formidable fire starting agent. To do this, you dip the cotton balls in petroleum jelly and then put them in a Ziploc bag or some type of airtight container. To start a fire with them, pile up some small kindling in a teepee shape put one of the balls in the middle and light it. It will ignite easily and burn hot enough to get your fire going reliably. These balls are easy to make, light, compact, and very useful when you're trying to get a fire lit in a hurry. Number two is protecting the skin. Petroleum jelly is almost like body armor for your skin if you live in a cold climate. For example, frostbite can take you out of the game real quick in a survival scenario. The best way to prevent it is to wear gloves and a face mask, but it's very hard to cover all exposed skin, and that's where Vaseline comes in. Apply a layer of it to any skin that is exposed to the air, and it will help prevent the cold from causing any damage. As a light source, without some source of light, you're going to be in a miserable situation, and you won't be able to get anything productive done between dusk and dawn. Ways to produce light are a priority for preppers, but if you're really stuck, petroleum jelly can help you out. Petroleum jelly is a great fuel for improvised oil lamps. All you need is the jelly, a cotton ball, and a small dish. Just scoop some jelly on the dish, then take the cotton ball and twist it into a wick. Next, coat the twisted cotton ball and petroleum jelly and place it in the dish. Light the top and it will burn till all the jelly is gone. Next as a first aid item. Keeping healthy is important and this jelly even has a use for that. Petroleum jelly is a gr- is great for chapped skin. For your hands and feet it is best to apply it to the skin and then put gloves and socks on. When you take the gloves and socks off the skin should be much softer and less cracked. If you get a cut apply the jelly on top of the cut this helps the wound heal faster by keeping the moisture in your skin and not allowing anything harmful to get into the cut. On the other hand, don't use it on burns as it can cause infection. Next one is shave. Stockpiling a shaver is not a number 1, is not number 1 on everybody's list, but you probably want to have one as both men and women shave. The reason it may not even be on your list is because shaving needs water and that can be a scarce resource when the SHTF. The good news is that petroleum jelly can take away the need for water when shaving. Just apply some jelly to where you need to shave. It will lubricate the skin and blade, letting you shave smoothly. When you're done, just wipe the remaining jelly off with a cloth. As a bonus, it should keep the skin soft and the moisture in. If you shave with water, petroleum jelly can be used afterwards to ease any irritation you may get. Next is restoration. Vaseline can also help restore old leather. Leather does get cracked after a while and you don't want that if it's something important. The sheath for your trusty knife, for example. To restore aging leather, all you have to do is apply a layer of petroleum jelly to the leather and it will soften. The jelly also adds a waterproof finish. You know, I was I was reading that and I was thinking back to a time when um, my dad used Vaseline or petroleum jelly to shine up my shoes and, uh, there was a time where I had some old shoes and we were going out. Maybe it was going to church or whatever. And, uh, he said, here, let me see your shoes. And he took a little bit of petroleum jelly and he just kind of rubbed them around it. And I don't know if they were real leather or not, but they just shined them all up. I mean, it was like black, you know, black, black shoes, black dress shoes. And it just kind of cleaned them up and it just, you know, they they looked a lot nicer. And I was just, I just remember being very impressed uh, at at what petroleum jelly did there. So anyway, I just uh, was reminded of that as I was reading that. All right. So next is candle holders. Candles are another item that pretty much all preppers stockpile. People need a source of light, and to go along with that, candles need candle holders. Petroleum jelly is perfect for candle holders. By applying a layer onto the candle holder before you put the candle in it, that way when the candle melts, the wax shouldn't be as hard to get off. Then mechanics for zippers, locks, and keys. Petroleum jelly is a, is great for fixing any minor malfunctions. For zippers just smear some on the teeth and it will zip up freely. For keys and locks rub some Vaseline on the key and put the key in the lock. This should loosen up sticky pins. Insects. Insects can drive you crazy eat your food and give you bites. To avoid this use petroleum jelly on hard surfaces to keep bugs from getting to whatever you don't want them to get into. You can also make fly tape with it. Just smear a thin layer on a strip of paper and hang it up. The flies will get stuck to the Vaseline. Next is walking long distances. Shaving is annoyance and can be very painful. Nobody likes it, but it can be eased with petroleum jelly. Apply some to where the rubbing is occurring and you should be good to go. It works on feet as well as where your pants are rubbing your thighs raw. Walking may be a part of your survival plan, so it would be a good idea to stick some petroleum jelly in your bug out bag if you plan on making a journey on foot. For one item, this product has lots of uses. This is what you should be looking for in all the items you stockpile, as it will allow more room to pack other more important items. Petroleum jelly has so many capabilities. Every prepper and survivalist should have a good supply on hand. Hey guys, there are more uses for petroleum jelly. These are just ten. Uh, you know, you can do a quick Google search or a quick, uh, you know, search, and you will find a lot more uses for it. So, anyway, you might be thinking about that as you go to the store, and uh, you know, make sure you pick up uh, a, a nice little sized jug of petroleum jelly because there's so many uses for it. Well, guys, that is it for episode 382. Thanks for uh, hanging out today and thanks for hanging out all week long. Hey, uh, as we go into the weekend, you know, use the weekend uh, to build up some skills, to maybe rest. I know I'm going to be resting. It's, this has been a very long week for me. And so I'm going to enjoy just resting and relaxing and, uh, you know, getting my energy up for the next week. But if you are looking for more preparedness items, uh, you haven't had enough preparedness, maybe you want to read a little bit more. Hey, you can come on over to Prepper website. You know, Prepper website, we post every single day, somewhere between 8 to 12, maybe even more articles. And there's no way that I can cover the, what we put on Prepper website on this podcast. So if you're looking for more uh, different types of uh, articles, uh, if you're looking for alternative news, firearms, uh, DIY, frugal living, if you are looking even for some conspiracy type stories, and we have it all over at Prepper website. So just come on over to Prepper website. I have a link in the show notes. And so it makes it kind of easy for you to go over there and uh, check it out. And then if you haven't liked this on Facebook, we'd love for you to come on over to the Facebook group and become a part of the Facebook group over there. Uh, you know, I this week as it's been so busy for me, I haven't been able to be over there as much and to see what's going on. But you know what? It's just trekking right along. Yeah, I love that community over there because people just are posting and they're interacting and they're sharing what's going on. I know that there was just recently some pictures about flooding and uh, and and stuff going on and and uh, I just like it. I just I, I love it because people are. Uh, you know, sharing out. And it truly is a, a place where people can go and ask questions. Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I have been in some groups where you post something and people start making fun of you. It's like, you know, it, inevitably there's something, you know, there's always going to be somebody new to preparedness and they're going to ask a, a newbie question. And then to see other people just kind of rip them and make fun of them. I just, I always hated that. It just really always bothered me. And so when I made the Prepper website, Facebook group, I was going to like, no, we're not going to allow that. So if anybody starts that junk, I, you know, they get a warning or sometimes I've even just banned them. I've just deleted them because I'm not going to I'm not going to accept that. I want it to be a place where people feel comfortable to come and ask questions no matter where they are, in, you know, in their preparedness. If they are brand new and, you know, there are a lot of people that are brand new to preparedness. Um, you know, there are some questions that I ask just to kind of get an idea of who's coming to the group. And, uh, they're all, it's all over the place. There are, you know, a lot of people that are very experienced and some people that are just starting out, just like the people that are listening to this podcast. Um, there's people that have been prepping for many, many years. And some of you, I've heard from some of you that you're brand new. I'm like, you just found the podcast. And so, uh, you know, it's great. Hopefully you can find a community that, um, will, allow you to ask questions and help you out as much as possible. That's really what I'm looking for and that's really what I want to do and what I I want to accomplish. Well, like I said, that is it for episode 382. If you are new and you haven't subscribed to the show, hey, don't forget to head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that way you will never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness and take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes, not just Facebook groups, but also Instagram and Twitter. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.